You're about to listen to a true story told live because this is True Stories Live. Brought to you by LJ Hope Productions, Norwich Arts Centre and me, Molly Naylor. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yes. Uh, the last time I was on this stage, I was in a duo with my partner, Amanda, who is a True Stories veteran. But I'm bouncing back now. <laughs> now, she came last time and took, this, took the place by storm. She's got funny bones, Amanda, and I haven't, so I probably won't make you laugh. Um, I'm going to tell you a story of bouncing back several times in my life, because um, I think my life has been a bounce back, really. I mean, I was lucky enough at the age of about 17 to know what I wanted to do in life. Uh, I knew f- pretty early on that I wanted to make theatre with communities. Um, community theatre seemed to just be the thing that drove me. I, wrote, I read a book called A Good Night Out by John McGrath, which is all about making theatre for non-theatre audiences and taking theatre out to places that doesn't get theatre. And I just knew from that point that that's what I wanted to do. So, um, I... I, I, I got my A-levels and I applied for university and I didn't go to the university I should have gone to. I went to a different one where they tried to ram sort of hard-wing, hard left-wing politics down my throat, which, funnily enough, I probably wouldn't have minded nowadays, but uh, then I just didn't want to be told what to think. And so I left university after a year and I really should have gone to a place called Bretton Hall, which is no longer there, but I got in and I was desperate to go there. It was an arts college in Wakefield. And if I'd have gone there, I'd have met people like Wayne McGregor and some of the most brilliant artists that are really making it now. So I kind of carried that regret uh, for a very long time in my life that I didn't go to the right college. And, you know, like most artists or most people trying to make their way in theatre, and, and having an artistic career, I, I just didn't do it. I just went and did other things. I taught in prisons and, uh, and worked in drug misuse and mental health and did a bit of social work and spent a long time working in museums and fannying around, not doing what I wanted to do. Um, and I got married at 25, which was way too young. And I got married to a woman that I, you know, I loved, but I really shouldn't have got married to her. She wasn't the right woman for me. And I knew the day I got married, that, well, before then, that she wasn't the right woman for me. But my life, I spent my 20s thinking, oh my God, I'm going in that direction, and I should be over there. But I just carried on going in that direction, paying off mortgages and walking dogs around fields that I didn't want. Um, and picking up dog shit that I didn't want to pick up, <laughs> just to bring the pet theme back. Um, so, yeah, my marriage was, it wasn't a disaster, but it wasn't, it wasn't where I wanted to be. It wasn't what I wanted to do. I didn't want to buy a house. I didn't want to have dogs. I didn't want to be putting a tie on. I wanted to be in a rehearsal room making theatre, and I wasn't. I made some amateur theatre, met some great people like Carl Minns and Safidi and people like that who, you know, who went on to do good things. Um, Uh, But I was still sort of paying the mortgage and wearing a tie and not doing what I wanted to do. And I got, got, yeah, I got married at 25, carried on, and it really wasn't working. About nine years into my marriage, um, 
1990, well, it was nine years, it was seven years into my marriage. In 1998, we had a, 99, we had a terrible year. Uh, my uh, my my mum died very suddenly. Uh, my wife's nan died, who she's very close to. One of our dogs died, which was a disaster and a horrible thing. We moved house twice. I got a job working with street homeless people. It was just doing my head in. She got a job working with mental health. Uh, there was so much pressure on our lives, and we broke. And I left her. And I remember <laughs> I remember leaving her and going out one morning, and the dog had shat on the carpet. And I thought, oh, I can't be doing that. I just got to go. I just got to get out of the house. And um, went out of the house, didn't clear up the dog shit, which was a terrible mistake because it caused a huge row that night. I should have cleared it up, but I didn't. I just didn't want to. Um, and uh, yeah, that night we had a huge row and uh, I left. And I left and I went and found myself a flat. And uh, yeah, I still had this crazy job. And I'd left for two weeks and I was in the office in this job and I was just about to sign the contract on a, on a new flat and she rang me up at work and she said, I'm pregnant. Um, <laughs> it was me. <laughs> um, and I just felt that the sun had come out. I just felt, thank God, I, I, I know, I'm going to pick this up because I'm bending over. I know where I need to be. I know, I know where I need to be. I need to be back there with her and I need to make my marriage work. So I did that, and I went back, and, and we had our daughter, and it was wonderful for a little while, and I was very pleased I had gone back. This is heavy, isn't it? Sorry about this, but this is me bouncing back. Um, so I kind of bounced back to her. Uh, but, you know, I still walked dogs around fields and still had to clear up dog shit every day and still wasn't doing what I wanted to do and was looking over the horizon at all my friends and some of my friends were making theatre and that's all I wanted to do. And um, one morning, uh, so I hadn't made any theatre for a very long time and one morning uh, we'd had this horrible, horrible weekend of arguing. Uh, thankfully my daughter was off with a friend for a sleepover for the weekend but we were trying to work it out and trying to work it out and one morning she came downstairs and I was Make, stirring the tea thinking oh god I've got another day of this I don't know if I can take it and she came down and she had a go at me about something and, and I just broke I completely broke and I went no I, can't I just can't do this I can't do this anymore it's not like I decided to leave it's just that I broke I couldn't do it anymore and I walked out of the house and I knew I was never going to come back um, yeah I just knew I wasn't going to come back and I went to the woods and I shook for about three hours with the knowledge that I wasn't going to go back. Because I tried to make it so work so hard, you know. I tried to make my marriage work so hard. And, and uh, I realized it just was never going to make her happy and she was never going to make me happy. And it had to finish. It had to, had to be over. And that's a really hard thing to do when you've got a ring on your finger and you've made a promise. The ring on my finger kept me there for a very long time. Uh, and, and Annie, my daughter, kept me there for a very long time as well. But... Um, this is much heavier than I wanted it to be, but anyway, there you go. Uh, so, um, yeah, I shook for three hours, then went to live with my sister, and then went to live in a tree house for a little while for the summer and try and work out my life. And I was, in, I was basically broken. I was basically, I'd spent, at 43, I'd spent 20, 23 years not, not doing what I wanted to do. And, um, uh, yeah, I was, I was sitting in the garden one day uh, with my friend 
Byford. And uh, I realised, I just came back to him, I said, all I want to do, I said, I don't know what's wrong with me, and I don't know where I'm going in my life, but I know all I want to do is make a bit of theatre. And he said, I'll write a panto with you if you like. <laughs> so that was it. Uh, <laughs> I can hear Pasco laughing after there because he knows that he was a part of my bounce back. I was in this bar in 2014, soon after Pasco got to the art centre, and I said, I want to write a panto, but I can't find a venue. And he said, oh, you can do it on my stage. I, I couldn't believe that somebody would let me do that, you know, an amateur theatre maker. And I could be on this art centre stage in, in that January, and I did. I did six shows here, and it was a smash, wasn't it, Pasco? It was a smash. We did a really good job. We did Boudicca the Pantomime. It was, it was a great show. It really was. It was a really good show. It nearly killed me. Uh, I dragged it up from the master. I, I put posters all over the city going, Rebels Wanted, Rabble Required, come and be in a show that we're going to write. And I wrote a panto show. And we started a show called, we started a company called The Common Lot. And uh, yeah, that was our first show. And that was a proper bounce back. That was a real bounce back. I knew that was my path now. And I left, well, long story short, I left my job. And I've been making theatre ever since um, as The Common Lot. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> thank God. So it's like, I, over the, I, if there's anyone in the audience, and I'm sure there are a few people who know that they're doing not what they want to do. When you know what you want to do and you're not doing it, I'm living proof that you should just be brave and go and do it. Because it was the biggest leap I ever made. I was so scared. It took me so long to do it. But the minute I did it, the universe came with me. It really, really did. It really helped me. I met people like Pascal. I met my marvellous partner, Amanda, who's been with me all the time in this journey. And we've made lots of shows now for, with, and about the people of Norwich. We're just about to make another one about the 100 years of Milecross Estate, which you can come and see for free. All our shows are free. So I've been making theatre now for seven or eight years for a living. And I work five times as hard as I ever did when I work for someone else. But I've got ten times of the joy. Um, just do what you want to do. Bounce back. Do what you want to do. Have the bravery to think that the universe will come with you, because it does. And it's been hard, but it's been brilliant. And Byford said to me, he's a freelancer, he said, the best thing about being a freelancer is you have to get off your ass." And I didn't know what he meant until I did it. But now every day I wake up and I make my life. And I've got a brilliant cast of 40 people that I'm making a show with right now. And I couldn't be happier. But it's taken me so long to get there. And I should have been there 23 years ago. So don't wait. Please don't wait to do what you want to do. Just do it. Just find a way. 50 ways to leave your lover. Hop on the bus, Gus, whatever it is. Get out, do the thing, if you know what it is. Finally, in making political theatre, because we are a political theatre company, we're unavowed socialists, we make theatre that reaffirms the socialist principles, if you like, talks, believes that we're better together and finding ways together than we are being selfish and driving forward for our own ends. We are the common lot, after all. Anybody who wants to be in our show can be in a show. If they just want to do the rehearsals, they can come and they can be in it. Um, so um, I realised about a year ago, maybe now, uh, from the shit that we've been putting up with, with this dreadful bunch of cunts that are leading this country that I'm going to actually die fighting I realised it's not going to get much better and we make our own lives and 
you know, we have to bounce back every day. We have to drag ourselves out of bed and we have to put the finger up and do what we want to do and be free and don't let the bastards get you down. Bounce back. Thank you very much. True Stories Live is a story show and story finding project brought to you by LJ Hope Productions, Norwich Arts Centre and me, Molly Naylor. For more information about all of the work that we do, head to our website truestorieslive.co.uk.